This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com.
Hello and welcome to From the Top, where outstanding young musicians come to play. We just heard the second movement of Mozart's irresistible Eine Kleine Nachtmusik, played by the Sylvan Quartet. Noah Chung Eagleman, age 16, on cello. Nicholas Yu, 17, on violin. Laurentia Wu, 16, also on violin. And Jisung Kim, 17, on the viola. They're all from the greater New York area. Indeed, we're coming to you today from New York City at the iconic Power Station Studios at Berkeley, NYC. Today, we're going to hear a violinist who views his internship in a science lab exploring regenerative cartilage as just another aspect of his musical pursuits. And a Schubert impromptu played with utter personal conviction. Now let's meet the members of the all-star Sylvan Quartet, whose rendition of Eine Kleine Nachtmusik made me feel like I was hearing the piece for the very first time. Let's have you all go around and introduce yourselves. Collectively, you're the Sylvan Quartet, but say your name and which instrument of the quartet you play. I'm Chisang. I'm 17 years old, and I'm a violist. I'm Noah. I'm 16 years old, and I'm a cellist. I'm Nicholas. I'm 17 years old, and I'm a violinist. I'm Laurentia. I'm 16, and I'm a violinist. And I got to give a special shout out to Noah here, who's a From the Top alum. We played together two years ago. Two years ago. It's so great to see you just continuing to blossom as a cellist. Welcome back to the show. It's so great to be back. You all are so unified as a group. Do you all have a shared vision or story for the piece? Or do you each have your own ideas or concepts you bring to it? Lauren Diet. We all have our own ideas. In rehearsals, all of us have something different to say about a part. But yeah. ultimately, I think we tend to agree on one concept pretty quickly. Right, yeah. Tell me about how you chose Eine Kleine Nachtmusik. Our group started because we wanted to be in a quartet where we toured nursing homes and rehabilitation centers. Those people are pretty old and, you know, they want something they can recognize. Mm -hmm. And we knew that Eine Kleine Nachtmusik was pretty famous. I mean, what are some of the challenges of playing a piece that is so well known? And on the flip side of that, what are some of the joys? Jisong, what do you think? One of the difficulties of playing a piece that's so established in the canon is that it can be seen as overplayed. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the joys is that we can find ways to make it unique, find ways to make it interesting, like using our own voices, our individual personalities, as well as a group unity. That'll make it a performance that's never been heard before. Anything to add, Nicholas? What was really fun was we do this exercise called LBAD, which stands for Live, Breathe, and Die. And mm -hmm. basically, we literally live, breathe, and die for one member of the group. Whatever articulation they're doing, whatever like musical idea they're trying to portray, we really try to like emulate what they're expressing. And so we go around the entire quartet and play for each other. We really get to be sensitive about how each performer is trying to convey a certain idea or environment in that section. Mm -hmm. And so when we're playing as a group, we have that information in our back of our heads and maybe make slight adjustments to form a cohesive sound. It's really exciting for me to hear you talk about live, breathe, and die, because this is a concept that I learned when I was your age studying chamber music. I just learned that you all coached with one of my dear friends, cellist Gia Kim. Is that where you were introduced to this concept? As I was, yeah. Yeah. She and I played chamber music together when we were your age, and we learned that from Mary Peckham, who some of you learned it from, and she learned that concept from the Cleveland String Quartet. So there's just this wonderful sense of ideas getting passed down from generation to generation. Talk to me about the joy of chamber music. I'd say there is this perception or like stereotype in Mozart that he tends to allocate a lot of like the eighth notes or the bass lines that don't 
move as much or they aren't as melodious to the cello. Mm-hmm. But that experience gives me some insight into like the larger picture of what's going on in the music mm-hmm. and being able to support them without necessarily being in the spotlight 100% of the time. Yeah. I think that honestly brings more enjoyment to me. I want to go back and listen to how many different ways you played the note C, Noah. <laughs> you played that note, I don't even know how many hundreds of times in that piece, and each one had its own direction, its own character, and you did that beautifully. Thank you. What I love about watching you all work together is you get along as people, obviously, you enjoy hanging out, but the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Sylvan Quartet, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank so you much. for having us. Noah Chung Eagleman, Nicholas Yu, Laurentia Wu, and Jisung Kim, all teenagers from the greater New York area. Our next musician is Sua Jun. She's 15 from Creskill, New Jersey. She's got her flute in hand, and I'm here at the piano, and together we're going to perform the Nocturne and Allegro Scherzando by Philippe Gobert. Sua, let's take it from the top. Yes. Thank you. 
Sua Jun, 15 years old, from Creskill, New Jersey, performed Nocturne and Allegro Scherzando by Philippe Gobert with yours truly at the piano. Sua Jun, you just blew us away with that performance. I loved playing with you. So you're from the greater New York area, right? Yeah, Creskill, New Jersey. But let's be real, you're a citizen of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your biographical journey that's taken you all the way here to New Jersey. And well, this morning we're in New York. So I was born in Virginia, um, Fairfax, and I then moved to Philippines and then Korea, and then I started the flute in Korea. And how old were you at that point? I was seven. Wow. Uh huh. And after a few months of playing, I did my first performance with a flute orchestra. Does that mean an orchestra made up of entirely flutes? Yes. Like what? Alto flutes, bass flutes. Oh, wow. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. And after that, I moved to America to get better education. Uh-huh. So how long have you been here in the U.S. since coming from Korea? I think about five years. And I started Juilliard pre-college when I was in fifth grade. Wow. That seems to me pretty young to start pre-college, especially on a wind instrument. Yeah. Were you like the youngest one in your group joining at pre-college at that point? Yes. In my studio, I still am the youngest. You still are? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You started your studies in Korea and then continued here. Tell me about the different approaches to learning the flute in in the two countries. What have you found? 
there's a lot of competition still here in America, but in Korea, it's a lot more strict. Everybody is very technically trained, but in America, there's a lot more freedom given to students. They can mm. figure out who they are as a musician. Instead of Korea, they're more focused on just training them to become a prodigy, just like everybody is trained the same way. What was it about your training in the U.S. so far that's given you this feeling of freedom? It was definitely helped by Professor Carol Winsense, my teacher right now at Juilliard. Yeah, she's one of the greats. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of just teaching me the techniques of the piece first, she starts by giving me like the basic history of it first so mm-hmm. I can understand the piece better. Mm. Instead mm-hmm. of directly telling me how to play it, she mm. gives me a lot of time to think about it on my own. What about your instrument? What do you love about the flute? It's just who I am now. I just think of myself as a musician now instead yeah, of are. just a student learning an instrument. Yeah. It takes me away from all my different problems outside. As a student, I have duties to do, like studying for yeah. high school and stuff. Yeah. But when I play the flute, it just helps me focus Mm -hmm. on this one thing and I could just do what I like you know you see yourself as a musician what would you say to a young musician listening right now who does still kind of feel like I'm a student learning my instrument but they want to get to the point that you're at where like I'm a musician how does one get to that point I guess understanding and learning your capabilities as a musician being able to overcome the fear and anxiety Mm. And being able to perform with your own charisma. Hmm. Do you remember when that shift happened for you? Yes. It was when I performed with the Juilliard Pre-College Orchestra. Uh-huh. Before, whenever I performed, I had the fear of memorization, like getting wrong notes. As we all do. Yeah. This time, for some reason, I didn't play it by memorization. Okay. But I just could enjoy being in the music Uh, instead of just worrying about wrong notes, for example. Right. Do you think that comes from knowing yourself? Yeah. I had a fear of memorization since a young age. So that was my first performance that I did with orchestra with the music on stage. So Mm. I think that (laughs) that was part of why I felt a little bit more free. But it's also like you realize that you're part of something bigger. And when you do that, every note you make has an intention that's bigger than yourself yeah um how would you describe your instrument as if you were describing a friend like as if it were a person Mm. my instrument has been like my best friend since i was seven years old Hmm. i just couldn't let go of it it listens to my problems and Hmm. it listens to my emotions so i think i could explain it as a very listening yeah (laughs) instrument it's a it's a dependable friend it's always there for you what are the biggest challenges you've faced in your life and how has the flute gotten you through those moments? I did face um, some problems in academics. I lost a lot of friends because I didn't have time to hang out with them due to my performances Mm -hmm. and recording schedules. Mm -hmm. I just realized that if I like what I'm doing, then I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So, Do you envision a future where the flute can actually ultimately bring you 
New friends? Yes, definitely. I met a lot of friends through the flute that really understand and go through the same thing as me. Like yeah. balancing academics and music right. at the same time is not that easy. And I can say that for everybody else totally. out there. So being able to understand that, uh-huh. yeah, flute has brought me a lot of good friends. Sua, I have to congratulate you. You just advanced in a big competition. What's yeah. it called? The Geneva Flute Competition. Today, it got announced that I moved to the semifinals. Just today? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Like eight people were selected out of the 40 candidates. Wow. I knew that you had advanced. Maybe it was to the preliminary round or something. Yes. So just today, you found out you made it to the semis. Does yes. that mean you're going to Geneva? Yes. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Are you excited for it? Yes, I'm very excited for it. You should be at just 15 years old. And there'll be people from all over the world there mm-hmm. competing on the international stage. I wish you all the best there, and thank you for performing with me today. It was really a privilege to play with you. Thank you so much. Sua John, 15 years old, from Creskill, New Jersey, really from all over the world. Support for NPR comes from the station and from the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need, jkcf.org. From BritBox with Archie, based on the true story of Hollywood icon Cary Grant, a new original drama starring Jason Isaacs. Archie, now streaming at BritBox.com NPR. And from the William T. Grant Foundation, supporting research to improve the lives of young people at WTGrantFDN.org. We're back now with Kento Hong, a 17-year-old violinist from Scarsdale, New York, I'm Peter Dugan, and I'll be performing at the piano with Kento. We're going to play Fritz Kreisler's Slavonic Fantasy based on themes by Dvorak. Kento, are you ready to do this? I am. (laughs) I can't wait. Let's take it from the top. All right.
Fritz Kreisler's Slavonic fantasy based on themes by Dvorak. Kento Hong, 17 years old. After performance like that, I have to ask, what is it that you want people to know about you as a musician and also as a person? Well, I first like to say it's a pleasure to play with you. And this show piece, I'm a very passionate, um, very directional uh, player, as in hmm. I always like to see where the melody takes me, just getting to understand the context of the piece and see how the melodic lines just thrust you into a new dimension. And being able to indulge in that is such an important aspect to my playing. So I definitely like having pieces that allow me to express that fully. I totally get that from you. It's a narrative quality to your playing. This inexorable through line of melody that when you are that committed to what you're doing, as you were just now, the audience has no choice but to be stuck to you like glue. We have to be at the edge of our seat because of your conviction. That's the kind of player you are. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. But how about as a person? What do you want people to know about Kento 
I think music generally has been a core fundamental aspect of my life and just my identity. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people see me uh, from the musical perspective. I also do enjoy a lot of sports. I like to hang out with my friends and also I like to indulge in interdisciplinary studies as in how can I relate STEM and humanities into musical playing? Okay, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Sports, hanging out with friends, science, technology, humanities. What does it mean to you to be a well-rounded person like that? Why is that important? I think it really goes back to the narrative of storytelling. A storyteller should have tricks up his sleeve, her sleeve, and the full knowledge and the context to be able to represent whatever we have. Interdisciplinary studies allows us to integrate different things from different perspectives. Yeah. And that really helps me to craft my own playing. And that's why I value the idea of this mm -hmm. horizontal thinking. Mm. Okay, horizontal thinking. Let's get into some of these different planes that you've mentioned. So STEM, yeah. science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Where is your interest there and what does it do for your musical life? Mm. I think one aspect of STEM is the idea of scientific thinking. Mm -hmm. Music is also a form of uh, science. We always ask questions. How can we improve the way we place a certain passage? How can we improve the interpretation? And we just do observations, like just the general bow direction, uh, the phrasing, the texture, the vibrato, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many aspects of violin playing that we could always tweak and adjust. Mm -hmm. And that's the independent variables that we can change. That's so fascinating to me. The scientific approach to thinking about technique and the bow and all those things. So how do you find the balance between mm. the head and the heart? I think intuitive thought should be coming first and laying out the groundwork for what you want to do. We want a certain vibrato or a certain texture. That intuitive thought allows us to pinpoint what we want to do exactly. But from there on, we could use that scientific process to kind of adjust how we want to fine point that. And mm -hmm. I think that's what the interdisciplinary idea is coming from. Within the STEM fields, where have your studies taken you? I'm doing right now a research internship at Columbia doing Whoa. regenerative tissue studies. Whoa, so essentially okay. what it is is that we're looking at cartilage, and that is very, very important for us musicians and also for sports individuals. Cartilage is just basically soft tissue that allows us for all of this lubrication mm -hmm. for our joints. And if we lose that, we have arthritis. That It makes it really, really difficult for us to play our instruments because we lose that dexterity in our playing. Wow. I try to see that form of interdisciplinary study to provide health care and support older musicians that might be facing uh -huh. struggles in terms of arthritis and finding a way to either cure or prevent the detrimental side effects of it. Wow. We need people who understand the inner workings of the science and also are passionate about the music. Politics, sciences, music. What's pulling you strongest? I think right now my biggest passion obviously would be music and in fact all of the subjects that surround it always come back to support music mm -hmm. rather than being all separate independent subjects. I'm very happy that you see music being at the center and the other things enriching your musical life right. because I think the world of your playing, I really do. Thank you. Kento Hong, a 17-year-old violinist from Scarsdale, New York. Thank you so much. 
You're listening to From the Top, and I'm pianist Peter Dugan. Did you know that From the Top posts short, beautiful videos of our young musicians every day? The series is called Daily Joy. Treat yourself to youthful inspiration daily. Sign up at fromthetop.org. Support for NPR comes from the station and from the Massachusetts Cultural Council, a state agency connecting young people with the arts in schools and in their communities. Learn more at massculturalcouncil.org. From BritBox with Archie, the man who became Cary Grant, a new original drama following the rise of a Hollywood icon. Archie, now streaming at BritBox.com NPR. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. All that sitting and swiping, your body is adapting to your technology. Learn how and what you can do about it. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. Once I started realizing what a difference these little bricks were making, there's no turning back for me. Take NPR's Body Electric Challenge. Listen to the series wherever you get your podcasts. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch.